0: Taking Back Birth is a production of the IndieBirth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Saturday, and I am making a promise to myself and essentially to you, if you're a listener, to begin podcasting again every week. It's really not too much. It's just a matter of structuring, timing, and coming up with topics in advance. I do feel excited about it though. It feels like a new phase has begun. And of course, today's the full moon and partial lunar eclipse. That's probably part of it, but I am up for it. I am ready for thinking and feeling more deeply into whatever is manifesting for me here in Hawaii on the birth front. So I look forward to sharing with you more regularly, probably having some fun guests. I'm also excited about that. And just getting back on the wagon of regular podcasting. It's good for me. And maybe it's good for you. In any case, that's the plan. So today I'm going to be talking a little bit more about a post I wrote a month or so ago. Birth is a calling of the divine birth work is a calling of the divine force. I wanted to share some emails and just kind of riff on that a little bit because it really seemed to touch so many people. But first, always an update just to ease myself in here. Life is good. Uh, No complaints here in this beautiful paradise. That sounds kind of cliche, but it really is. (laughs) It really truly is, especially if you can just stop and be with the beauty here. Uh, Being with the ocean, I walk on the beach every morning. I swim pretty much every morning. Today marks the first day that my dog swam with me. So this was a milestone. She's been pretty afraid of the ocean, but it was very calm today. And I just sort of pulled her in and she came and swam around a little bit. But anyway, our morning walks on the beach are what keep me grounded here. And I realized just how much I need the water. Now as a cancer son, that's not that surprising. But I think I've just learned to adapt. We lived in a desert, in the desert (laughs) for 15 years. And water really wasn't available, other than a creek that we could visit occasionally. So I think I just adapted, and it reminds me how great humans are at adapting. We literally can be put down anywhere on this earth, it seems, and we will find our comfort eventually. And so I think that was the case in Arizona. I craved the water so many times, especially in some of my pregnancies, like coves, who not coincidentally loves the ocean, probably is going to be a pro surfer at some point. Um, but I really did crave it, but it just wasn't available. So I made do. And I really became kind of an earth goddess. Um, I love the earth as well. I really, really, really enjoyed the connection with the red rocks, I felt really rooted there. And so here, it's been different to not have, you know, the rocks, although there are mountains here, I just haven't climbed any of them, they're quite majestic. Uh, But to root in to the water, and to bathe in it, right, and to reflect with it and in it, Uh, the ocean is such a beautiful force. And I generally call her she, not it. I really think she is the most powerful natural force I have come across. And I've been to other oceans. I don't feel the same about the Atlantic Ocean. Sorry, East Coasters. I mean, I'm an East Coaster at heart, but the Atlantic just doesn't do it for me. And maybe that's why as a child, I didn't feel that connected to the ocean. But here, whatever uh, qualities, whatever energy this Pacific Ocean holds in these parts, literally out in the middle of nowhere, is magic. And of course, we've all seen a map, but it boggles my mind on a daily basis that I am closer to Japan than I am to Kentucky. And I've been looking at some astrocartography uh, maps. So those are readings of astrology kind of overlaid on a geographical map. And that's been another opportunity to visually see just how remote we are. Just how out there we are really out there we are floating on a rock in the middle of the Pacific. And I'm not over that. And that's great. I don't want to be over that. I love I love it. I love the surroundings. Um, I'm learning to, again, love the land and the ocean and the people that I'm magically meeting are just as wonderful. So who knows what the future holds? Um, I am asked on a regular basis, even by my own children, you know, what are we doing? Are we are we staying here? Are we going back? And I don't know. That's my answer. And I gave it just this morning to some children So that's it. I don't know. I'll keep everyone posted. But right now, in these moments, when we're present, there's nowhere else we want to be. There's nowhere else we'd rather be. All of our needs are being met. We feel protected and in abundance on this island. And so the rest is just a trick of the brain, right? It's just a trick of the mental gymnastics that we all do. Um, And not to say there aren't things to think about. We have animals at our property in Kentucky, Uh, there are there are things. But in this moment, again, it doesn't matter. They're all being taken care of by loving people. And everybody is happy. So how can I argue with that reality, right? Everybody is happy. And on that note, I don't know what birth work will bring here. I offered a retreat two weekends ago, and that went really well. We had some new friends and some older indie birth friends come from Kentucky area to hang out for the week and to attend this retreat. I thought it went super well. It was really fun to do a retreat on my own. And it was really nice to have friends around and to have help and support in that. So everybody should come back. And new people are invited as well. I think one of the best ways to get the indie birth vibe and to really experience what I believe, what we believe, what we're offering in the world is to meet in person. That's just the truth. The last couple of years have maybe convinced us that, you know, on some level, it's okay to do all this virtual stuff. And while that's true, and we have a Zoom meeting here in an hour, uh, our full moon Zoom, which is free. I would love to meet you in person. I think that's where the magic happens. And you can feel that, right? When you're with people, you feel that. So I am offering a retreat here on Oahu in February. And that is going to be focused on the art of sacred postpartum care. I am really looking forward to it because I've not offered this before. And I feel like a little kid at Christmas. Uh, planning it I have so many ideas so many fun things I want to offer so much information and wisdom that I want to pass on and I have to try and cram it in two days so it's going to be a lot but it's going to be so fun and I promise you the magic of this island will influence you the magic of this island will change your life in whatever ways it's needed so you're not just coming for me and this really awesome postpartum retreat, and the other women—you'd really do it for yourself—is what I would hope. You know, even if your family comes, this time, this this place just offers so much, offers so much love and wisdom. So you can check that out. Uh, you'll have to look on Instagram for the link, but it's something along the lines of "Mothering the Mother" on Oahu. You'll find it. We have about thirteen spots available. And I know it will fill with just the right women. And like I said, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It'll be so fun to meet new people and to offer that new class here in February. Okay, so I want to get on with this podcast today. I'm going to read you the post I wrote. Many of you have heard it. You received it in your email. But I will read it again. I am not... um, saying I'm the world's best writer. I I rarely think that actually, which is why I prefer to speak. But every now and then, I feel inspired, as many of us do. And every now and then, something comes out just the way I meant it to. And this was one of those posts that I just said exactly what I meant, and nothing needed to be different in it, according to me. And I know that that probably felt true for a lot of people, because I got so many email responses back. And I know my email keeps making this super annoying noise. So I'm going to have to open it in a minute when I read through those, but I'll spare us in the meantime. Okay, I'm going to read the post. And I might talk a little and then I want to read some of the email responses I got. Because yeah, you'll see this just really touched people. And I think. If you didn't hear the post or you haven't really had time to sit with it or, you know, this was a while ago, so maybe life is just different now and it's striking you different, as words tend to do, you can also use the inspiration if you feel this way, that birth is a calling of the divine. And I think at this time of this eclipse and full moon, it's also a wonderful time to redream and imagine how things can shift. And they shift with our beliefs. So if our belief is that birth work is a calling of the divine, if we really believe that and we feel that internally, we feel that in our bodies, we, we know what that is, you know, in ourselves, then we make the choices we need to make. So that's part of my question today as well, sort of to the universe and maybe to people at large. If one feels this way, then how are we in some of the messes we're in? And licensing, as per usual, definitely comes to mind. And I'll probably talk about that. But let me get to the post and then we'll talk. Okay. I had a dear former mama client tell me yesterday that I am like a snake shedding my skin She knows me like a sister, so this came in strong, and I know she's right. I've had to shed ideas of myself, or what I think a midwife is, and have questioned my work and role in this world, but that is what happens when we become new versions of ourselves. She reminded me that I was the perfect midwife for her, and even when I needed to use my hands, she felt honored and seen and held, even in those moments when birth wasn't seamless. I was reminded by her of my own gifts and reflected back on a recent birth where my hands were truly necessary and how I was able to navigate that with gentleness and grace. I needed to hear this because I know birth is calling me. I know I won't be able to stay away long. I know women will ask and I want to be ready as this new version. I trust the universe in her own divine timing and know it will be shown, but I wonder, and feel impatient in some moments as well. This is when it's clear to me that being called to birth is a calling of the divine. My ego doesn't really care so much. Honestly, my heart is still a bit broken. But my soul is saying, come on, this is why you came. This is the work you were here to do. These magical babies are asking for a witness. And so it is. If being a midwife feels like a choice you need to make in your head, I can't help you. If it feels like something that won't leave you alone, even when it's hard and you can't imagine it or don't even want to be in it in some ways, then perhaps it's for you. One of my greatest teachers ever said, only do this if you cannot do anything else. And by can't, your soul will not allow it. That's the post. Some further reflection now. Birth has been calling me for, I want to say it's more like 19 years. I've been in my own midwifery bubble for about 15, but 19 years ago, as many of you know, is when I had my first home birth. So I consider that to have been my calling. And I remember this feeling even then. I remember this feeling of, I know I have to, (laughs) but I don't want to in some parts of me. And I love that I felt that way then. And I love that I still feel that way. And I hope that really inspires some of you to realize that it's not always easy. It's not all roses. This isn't something we do and listen to. We hear this call, but it doesn't mean we don't have doubts. And I'm sure this could be said for any kind of spiritual calling. Any kind of devotion. We question it. Because we're human. We are human. And we have egos and our egos get hurt and our hearts get broken. And it just seems like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, how can a calling include these other parts? How can it include sadness? How can it include frustration or, you know, anger? But that's life. We don't get to leave those things out just because we're being called. To me, being called means I am supported and protected on the path that I'm going to go through the human range of emotions, but I'm not those emotions. So they'll pass through. And the calling itself is protected. It is from my higher self, if you will. It is from God. It is from universal forces. It is from my ancestors. It is from other realms and dimensions that on a given day, I might not even think about or have access to. I know that this is true for this calling, and I believe it's true for you as well in the ways that it needs to be, if you do indeed feel called. I think that is what a calling is. It's not always seamless, as I said. It's not always, um, you know, it is perfect, so I hesitate to say that. It is perfect, but it's not always easy. But your soul stays committed. So, in and out through the 19 years, I have had doubts, I have had many doubts, I have had many births, I remember a birth as a student. And I'm pretty sure it was the first breech birth I attended, I was a student. And it was intense. Um, You know, I didn't have a clinical eye, I didn't know anything. So it was intense on an energetic and emotional level. Just to be in that space. And to feel the energy around this being an unusual thing in some ways. And it certainly was for me. I had never been exposed to it. Um, I remember the energy of the midwives being a little nervous. And uh, I totally get it now. Back then, I didn't necessarily. But it was a big thing. It is a big thing. It, it is a big thing sometimes to attend certain births. And as my latest couple of podcasts have described, uh, first births at home with a breech baby are not to be taken lightly. So I understand now in hindsight what some of that energy was that I was feeling. And this baby did okay. He was born in the pool. I remember it pretty clearly. And he did need help breathing, which some breech babies do. But there was no transport. There wasn't anything else. Um, But I do just remember the energy of it. And I left that birth and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do this at all. I wasn't really sure. It was a lot. And I didn't have context in a way. But even if I had, I think it was a lot. It was a lot of energy. And it was probably the first birth that I saw where a baby did need help of some kind, so he needed breaths or something, if I recall. And I've gotten used to that. Of course, I think uh, if you stick with this long enough, you do get used to these rare instances, and you know you don't you don't let it totally crush you. Uh, some babies need help; most don't, right? You don't carry it into the next birth, but even those are skills we have to learn. So when we don't have them initially. The calling can just feel like, again, a what the fuck? What is happening here? Why am I being called to do this? So that's normal. If you didn't know, it's normal to just have to be reminded. And how was I reminded? I guess it really was just the universal flow. You know, it wasn't like I talked to my preceptors over the years or, you know, it wasn't something I worked at in my head where it was like, Oh, that was hard, or that was not what I thought. And, uh, you know, I feel challenged by this, I feel a little depressed. Um, It's definitely come and go over the years. And I think it's really the divine flow that reminds me. And by that, I mean, I sort of get pulled back in. And I don't mean that in a helpless way right? If I didn't want to do it, I really wouldn't want to do it. And for the last bunch of months, I've been clear with the universe. I'm not doing that right now. (laughs) I'm not doing that right now. Don't ask. Don't send me anybody. Don't ask. And then again, um, it starts to break down. That wall starts to break down because that's why I'm here. That may be why you're here. And it's okay to have the wall. It's okay to have the resistance. But I know in the back of my mind, That the wall will eventually come down, that I will heal, that I will process, and that sure as day, another beautiful woman will show up in my path that feels resonant, right? That feels like a perfect match. And although I could say no, and I certainly have in the past at various times, um, there will be a point at which I accept. I accept the mission once again. And that is the calling of the divine. It is something that we take breaks from. Uh, Maybe they're longer breaks, maybe they're shorter breaks, maybe they're super serious at times, but we know that we will be called back in whatever way. And I'm always open to whatever it is. I think after every single one of my own births, or actually right before I've had a baby, so all 10 times before I've had a baby, well, actually, I guess probably eight because the first two, I didn't say this to myself, but the last eight I've said, going into this birth. I don't know what the universe has in store for me. I don't know, right? Uh, It could not be what I want. It could totally ruin my trust in birth. It could make it impossible for me to ever serve women again. Any of those things is possible. And I'm not going to focus on them, but I'm humble and I don't think I control birth. So I've always been open to like, okay, baby, um, you're not just being born you're also teaching me, you're also preparing me for my next phase of birth work. And whatever it is you have to teach me, I will take to heart, I will utilize, and I won't try and predict what it means. So uh, after I birthed Sable, who was our late miscarriage baby, it was really hard. And I knew I would not quit birth work, but I didn't know what it would mean for me. And I know I've shared this in other places, but uh, still taking care of women you know, when he had died, and he was still in my body, I was still a midwife, I still had births to attend. And my clients knew, right? And I gave them the option, the few I had, hey, you know, you can fire me as your midwife, if you don't want me around right now, it's kind of a little, little dark here. Uh, But nobody took me up on it. And so I attended the births, and I did the prenatals, and I and I did the consults. And there were parts that were really hard, right? It was really, really hard to hear another baby's heartbeat in the womb, because I had trauma around that. So again, um, our own trauma surface, our own stories, uh, we're living our lives, we're caring for women, but we're living our lives. And it comes and goes. And there is a test often. And again, with my own births, they each have been a test to say, you know, are you going to keep doing this? And are you going to do it in the same way? And luckily, I've had that experience many times uh, with Rumi's birth. As many of you know, um, it didn't go as planned. It didn't shake my confidence in the process. However, I really didn't feel like it applied to anyone else. I felt like that was really such a unique lesson for me and my baby in my body. Um, It didn't make me doubt birth. It didn't make me think babies wouldn't come out. I really didn't have that as a result. But what I did get, and I'm so grateful for receiving this, is this idea that we can be powerful in any setting. How would I have known that? How would I have known that? I have always had these amazingly powerful autonomous home births. How would the universe have shown me that it's about our internal power, that it's not about the room you're in, that it's not about the people that are around you? Uh, Nothing else could have given me that lesson. And I am so grateful because I feel like that's such a useful lesson in the world for people that obviously have not had a birth go to plan. I think it's even useful on the free birth front, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you call it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It is what you need it to be inside your own body. And in my body, even though the labor was difficult, in my body, Birthing him was the most powerful experience of my life. And again, the setting didn't matter. It did not matter. And I exited with those lessons. Again, not that I'm more special than anyone else, uh, but I'm open to the lessons. And I think having birth work be a calling means that every experience I have is meaningful. So I'm not sure if everyone feels that way. Many women have babies, babies are being born every second, right? And for many women, it's just life, it's just what it is. And that's beautiful as well. But I think if you're in birth for the long haul to serve other women, your own births, your own pregnancies, your own losses, your own postpartums, they're all the most divine teachers, that is divinity right there in teaching. All right, I was going to open it up and read some emails since I'm getting getting some minutes here. You'll have to put up with my annoying email ding. I apologize, but it is what it is. And let's see, I might not read all of them. And I'm going to keep them anonymous so nobody will know whose I'm reading. I don't even know most of these people. And let's see. Um, I'm debating reading this one because it has some personal details. Well, I'll skip that one for now and I'll maybe come back and try and edit it in my mind so that it's not too personal. Okay, so these are again some email responses to my Birth is a Calling of the Divine email. Thanks, Marin. You're an inspiration, and in just reading you, my heart sounded loud as if wanting to tell me also, come on, leave all your layers that are hiding your true self. Birth is a Calling of the Divine. These words are for me like a mantra. Next email. Your information, your dedication, your heart is inspiring. I want to become a doula because my second and now last pregnancy was a living nightmare. I worked in the holistic world and still felt unheard, unsupported, and scared. It inspired me to get educated and to hopefully someday help others who felt how I did. Your message here is fan-fucking-tastic. That's a great word, huh? The shedding of lives is happening huge right now for a lot of us, and making space for new is brilliantly clear. I'm not sure what will be at the end of this, but no, you've got fan for life. Thank you for showing people it's okay to show their hearts out loud. So that's a beautiful email. Thank you. Uh, Here's another one. Thank you for sharing this. I felt it so deeply in my soul. I've only just started the indie birth midwifery school, which was a huge decision, but felt like I finally had all of my ducks in a row to make this work. Then the things come up childcare struggles, financial difficulties, relationship issues, scheduling challenges, I could go on. So naturally, the doubts start to arise. Did I make the wrong decision? Am I trying to force something that's not meant to be? Am I doing my family a disservice? But the last bit really spoke to me. This is something that my heart has longed longed for for years. I've been a doula, and the pull to step into a different role is so strong that I couldn't even stop it if I wanted to. Wow, that's a really powerful one. And that really speaks to, again, not the simplicity of this path. It's not always easy or pretty, but uh, the teacher I quoted in my post was actually my oboe professor back in college, so nothing to do with birth, but he regularly told us about mu- music, about being a musician. Um, don't do it unless you have to. And right, I, I heard him <laughs> because I don't do that anymore. I didn't have to do that, obviously. I did it for that part of my life, but it wasn't my soul's calling. And so I really feel that. And I really felt that in hindsight, because music was so hard. It wasn't as hard in a sense as the midwife role, but it was really challenging. So a lot of the same things, financial difficulties, relationship issues, childcare. I was definitely part of the music world. And I love that he gave that advice. You know, he wasn't. He was one of the most positive and optimistic people I've ever met. And so he wasn't saying it in a fearful or depressing way. He was simply telling us he wasn't even warning us because I don't think you have a choice in a sense. I think he was just telling us unless you really have to do this, you won't find your way through. You won't. It's too hard. And again, I think the same goes for birth work. Midwifery apprenticeships are too fucking hard for most people. Uh, Most people won't get through them. And again, is that fear? No, it's just reality. So it's really cool to read some of these emails. All right, let me keep going here. Uh, thank you for these words. I have been grappling with the choice to pursue midwifery school and your email came at a perfect time. I can't get away from this poll and I feel it daily that this is where I need to go. This so perfectly represents how I feel. I can't do anything else. My soul won't let me. At the same time there is so much my logical brain wants to run from. Most recently it's been the sister wound which I see so many of my fellow birth workers projecting. It makes me want to make myself small and run and hide. But I know that I am only I am the only person who truly loses in that scenario. Sorry, but I know that the only person who truly loses in that scenario are the women and babies I'm called to serve. Thank you for always being a lighthouse for those of us who feel we're wandering in the dark by doing this work in a heart-centered way. So I won't say whose that is, but uh, there is a podcast on the sister wound pretty recently, and these, these things all go together, which is, I guess, why I've been talking about them. This one did resonate with me. I often ask myself, what am I doing here? I struggle with imposter syndrome and I compare myself to the amazingness of others quite a bit, but this is literally something that won't leave me alone. You said the very words that my soul has been feeling. My thinking self cannot imagine it and I'm pretty sure I don't want to be in it, but your words have validated my feelings and reassured me at the same time. I will follow this path. I will give it what I have and I will end up exactly where I need to be. So wise. Look at this wisdom coming through emails. I love it. I love that I get to read this stuff. Um, this is a very long email that I need to get back to actually. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's it for now. Uh, let me go back to the first one. Um, so this, this person is, is hearing the call and, um, experienced a very traumatic personal birth that, uh, was part of her path. And then she goes on to say, midwifery is indeed not easy, major understatement for me to say yes to this. And it is a daily fight to continue to say yes. I'm still in shock and awe that I actually went back to essentially finish midwifery school. Um, I've been licensed now for a little over a year. So just taking it one step at a time. So that's from somebody that, you know, perhaps is a little farther on the path. And I think that's a great way to sort of wrap this up. Um, And by that, I mean, there are choices that feel natural to us when we consider our calling to be the calling of divinity. Like, (laughs) just sit with that one. Just sit. We're not just like saying you got a random phone call from, you know, someone you don't even know that you don't respect, um, or a letter in the mail inviting you to be a midwife. No, we're saying the divine, whatever that is to you, that force, which is what we are, we are divinity. So it's self, it's self meeting self, or whatever self meeting God, this is not to be taken lightly. So if people really feel that way. And apparently there are a lot of women that do. And that was only like a fraction of the people that do. Then what are we doing? Like, what is happening in this world? Um, We have, you know, many beautiful, amazing students, but why are more people not signing up for school if this is their calling? Now, I get it. There are other ways to heed the call. Uh, But Everybody will make their choice, how they heed this call and what schooling choices they make. But ultimately, are we serving the divine when we are serving other organizations, other bodies, licensing certification? That feels so small to talk about, right? That's not this big macrocosm. This isn't this like highest elevated consciousness view, whereas the calling of the divine is. But I am proposing that question today to people. Are you really following your heart? Are you really listening to the divine? And if so, are the choices you're making really from that place? It's nothing I can answer for you. And I might have my own judgments and thoughts about the path people take. Ultimately, I can never know what's right for anybody else but myself. But my suspicion is that many women have this situation where they are hearing this call, they know that birth is a sacred calling. But then they're kind of um, reverting back to fear. And one of those emails sort of touched on it, right? Like the sister wound and, oh, other midwives don't accept me. And people don't like me and I don't have a license and all of these things. It's so easy to forget. So perhaps this is just a reminder, if you're new on the path, if you're further along on the path, uh, it's never too late to really figure out what this calling means for you without the influence of fear and sister wound and mother wound and patriarchy and all these kind of things we know that end up making more of our decisions than we'd like. So I'm testing people, I'm testing people on this, right? I get all these emails that say, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. But how many of those women and I don't know really any of those people personally, um, how many of these women are actually going to make choices that are in true alignment with their soul? That is the question. If it's a soul led path, then it must be in alignment with choices that are made. And I think that's about it. Uh, That's about all I wanted to say today. Hopefully it touches some of you in the ways that it needs to. Maybe you have a choice to make. Maybe you have something you're debating or you know, a way into birth work that doesn't feel quite right. And here I am. I'm being your voice of reason. I'm being uh, a friend of your soul talking to you from this podcast saying, "Hey, soul's whispering, that doesn't match. Just for fun, and I'll probably um, share about this some other time, hopefully. But we received an email this week from a licensed midwife, which we do time and time again. And I love it because truthfully, they're the ones that are the most humble in their path. Uh, Obviously, I don't think we hear from the ones that aren't because, you know, nothing's wrong. They're just going on with their life. But we hear from the ones that are kind of at their wits end with licensing or they're kind of broken already or any of those things. And so I thought it was no accident that I received an email quite detailed this morning about the horrors of licensing in a specific state. And even I was shocked because it was uh, way worse than I even thought possible. So, um, you know, to read that is one thing, to feel it is another, to have my own past in licensing is yet another But I suppose it brings up this question again, right? This is a midwife that has stuck with it. This isn't a new midwife. This isn't a young midwife. So if that's like so many of our elder sisters out there doing midwifery, uh, what is it that you're not getting? What is it that isn't an integrity for you? Because you have the license and you're miserable and your life's a mess. Yet you say this is your soul's calling. Like, which one is it? Which one is it? And so I think that's a great way to end because many of you are newer on this path. And of course, I can't change your path. I can't change it. I don't want to change it. But perhaps some of this wisdom coming through from other people, from elders, from this podcast can help you not walk that same wheel again if you don't have to. And by that, I mean this conflict. There's a lot of midwives in conflict they believe it's their soul's path, they feel that, but yet they're not in integrity with the path they've chosen. So on that note, you can sit with that. Are you in integrity with the path you've chosen? Does it make sense to your soul? Or does it just make sense to your brain? Because I think the brain, uh, as I've said, as we know, is really good at rationalizing, you know, why becoming a CNM is a safer bet, for example? Why getting a license or a CPM? is a safer, easier bet. Uh, is that your soul? Or is that your persecution wound speaking? So <laughs> on that uh, heavy-ish note, I wish you all the best. I'd love to see you at this retreat in February here on Oahu. And I'm sure I will be back next weekend as promised. If you have any podcast topics you'd love for me to do, please send them my way, indiebirth.org. And I wish you a beautiful and blessed week.